Welcome to The Soul Journey, where we will discuss the journey of people, authors, musicians, clergy, blue collar, white collar, and beyond, and find out what drives their journey. Proverb Newsom, The Soldier starts right now. Hey, welcome to Soldier, and this is Proverb Newsom. Today's guest is Todd Shoemaker. Todd and I have been friends for quite some time, and I think Todd's journey is an interesting one, and so I just wanted to bring it to you. Uh, so, Todd, how you doing today, man? Good, man. Doing well? Now, just in case if you think, why is Todd whispering? He's not. I'm going to let Todd explain exactly what you're hearing. Okay. So what you're hearing right now, in case you're having difficulty hearing, Todd has an amplifier uh, that he speaks into that is uh, amplifying his voice because he has onset Parkinson's, right? And so uh, without the amplifier, he, you wouldn't be able to hear him at all. So, But I think it's kind of cool because it's like you almost have your own personal boombox, right? That's true. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So we've been friends for quite some time, and, and you've been dealing with, with health issues for quite some time. So tell me when, when all this began. Take us back to the beginning. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Back in 2002, I had, uh, with a group of the church that my wife and I were attending at the time, uh, we went to New York City a year after 9-11, and, uh, you know, getting prepared for the trip and stuff, I had never been to city mm-hmm. so everybody's like oh you gotta eat at this restaurant you gotta eat at that restaurant right so i'm telling my wife man i'm gonna, I'm gonna come back with like 50 extra pounds <laughs> so you know i get up there and we had about we probably had about four or five hundred students uh, with us and first got up there on a saturday had lunch had dinner that night and as i was just hanging out with god uh, i felt him calling me to fast, and I said, okay, yeah, I can fast breakfast in the morning, uh, and he's like, no, I need you to fast all week, mm. and I'm thinking, well, I've never fasted all week, Yeah. and so we kind of went back and forth, you know, how you do with God, like, sure. I'll, I'll do that when I get back home, right. but I can't do that now, Yeah. and he just kept pushing me, and I couldn't fall asleep, and uh, finally I was just like, all right, God, you want me to fast, I'm going to so I fasted for the week. We had a great week. But when I got home, I told my wife, I said, I don't know why I fasted. Uh, nothing spectacular happened. Right. And so we were just like, well, maybe God's preparing me for something. So fast forward to, uh, well, fast forward a few months after that trip, I was diagnosed with four types of crippling arthritis. Four types of tripling arthritis, okay. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of started the journey. Uh, and 2003, on the way home from work, I started throwing up blood. Uh-huh. Now, most people would go to the emergency room. Yeah. But 
<laughs> Typical dude, you know. Hey, yeah, it's just uh, it'll stop eventually. could you do at that point, you know? get it that they time? Got, yeah, they got, the whole, they got the whole tumor, which was kind of another interesting story because the first thought is they wanted to do chemo or radiation. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I just don't want to go through that. Right, right. So surgery was actually the last option for them because they said most of the time, especially where the tumor is located, when they go to take it out, it falls apart. Mm. And then it wow. spreads and you just yeah. don't know what Sure.
incredible and, that's incredible and you know the amazing thing was you know during that visit he said oh do you need any refills on your pain medication i said doc i haven't taken one pain pill mm. since i you know since i've been in the hospital yeah you know, that's that's amazing you know and my wife looked at him and said that's why you don't have kids <laughs> that's so, so yeah, cool so And so you just jumped right in and started running marathons. <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah. Let me let me let me back up just okay. a, just a bit. So yeah. when when you were in the OR and the, the doctor came out to say to your wife, um, the tumor is way bigger than we expected. There's nothing we can do. What what was her response to that? Because I, I'm sure you guys have talked about it since. So. Yeah. You know, because the way it kind of came across was there's no hope. Mm. Okay. You yeah. Know, it wasn't until we were able to meet with him afterwards and get a, you know, clear, like, no, this is, you know, this is, we can treat it. Mm hmm. But it's just not going to be as simple, not going to be as simple as they thought it was going to be. Gotcha. Okay. And I know she's been like a, a huge part of your journey as well. And, and we will talk about about that aspect in, in a bit. So let's jump back to the marathon. So you, you started running, uh, and, you know, 10 miles in your second week. Um, did you ever actually go into a marathon and start competing? Awesome. And then how many more did you do after that? Um, I probably have run 10 
Okay. Thousand miles. Okay. Just to, just to keep those miles. Just on your own. Just on my own. Just come home from work, bust out. Well, 26.2. How, how long is the marathon? 26.2. 26.2 miles, just yeah. recreational. Yeah. I think I would have had to fight with God on that one. Wow. I mean, that's that's. Some, man, those were some of the best days. A thousand miles in a year. Yeah. yeah so. Dang. So yes, yeah, so December thirty first, I was clearly over a thousand miles. That's insane. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess you know when God t- tells you to do something, the 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 object, the moral of the story is go ahead and do it. Right. Um, because it's it's for you and it's for your journey and it's for you. You know, I, I mean. I, I'm so thankful that uh, he hasn't told me that yet, because that well, that would be man. I don't know. Well, like I tell everybody, you either love running or you hate it. Yeah. There is no in between. No, I mean the only time I ever ever loved running was uh, in high school when uh, you know as a running back I got to carry right. the ball, yeah. cross the end zone. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, or people were chasing me and I was eluding them. Right. That was fun. Yeah. But, but just for recreation's sake, yeah. never, ever enjoyed running, yeah. ever. You know, and I was fast, but I just, yeah. ah, yeah. couldn't There's, do it. You either love it or you hate it, but you know, I've been, you know, I ran a little cross country in high school. Okay, yeah. You know, so I've just always... You've always loved it. I mean, I didn't get my driver's license until I was, like, 19, because I thought, well, I can run every year. <laughs> That's hysterical, man. All right, so let's let's uh, let's go from marathons to um, what. Where has your 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 medical journey taken you? Because I know that you used to work with youth for for a while. So let's talk about that for a little bit. The medical or flight thirty six. Flight thirty six. Yeah, tell us about flight thirty six and and how your your medical journey kind of played into that and uh, what you did with flight thirty six. Well, flight thirty six was a uh, ministry for boys. Okay. Okay. We usually cut it off about there. Uh, just because, you know, at that age, boys are getting involved in different things. But uh, I helped start that ministry. We ran that ministry for a few years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, from Flight 36, you your health was starting to take a, a turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, let me just back up just a little sure, bit. Sure. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay. So, usually, they don't find the cancer until you're in the later stages. Mm. Because you just think, oh, I have arthritis. Yeah.
basically had cancer mm -hmm. starting in my, uh, starting to build up in my body. Okay. Starting to attack my body. So yeah, so after I started running the marathons, probably about 2006, I was out running one night. My wife was riding her bike and she was like, Todd, why don't you move your right arm back and forth when you run? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, when you run, you don't move your arm, your right arm. Just stay still. It doesn't move. I said, I never noticed. Mm. Uh, and so she said, just walk for me. So I walked for her and she said, your arm doesn't move when you walk. So that started another journey of a bunch of tests. I was originally, uh, they originally thought I had Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. uh, thank goodness I did not. Uh, but a year later, was when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Uh, and so, you know, my first question to the doctor at that point was, can I still run? And he said, you can run as long as your body allows you okay. to do it. So yeah. to celebrate having Parkinson's, uh, because people think, well, why would you celebrate? But for a year, nobody could tell me what was going on. Mm -hmm. Because doctors kept saying, you're too young to have Parkinson's, which really is not true. Yeah. Because we met, my wife and I had met people as young as 19. Wow. That had Parkinson's. Wow. Uh, and I was 41. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox was 28 mm -hmm. when he was diagnosed. Sure. do anything halfway, do you? <laughs> of, course I didn't. of course I didn't tell the guy I had Parkinson's, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, I just kept running. Uh, and God blessed me with a lot of opportunities to share my story with some uh, different churches. Sure, yeah. Different organizations, which was awesome. Uh, especially with youth groups and stuff like that. You mm -hmm. know, to really just really share with young people that whatever challenge it challenges that you're facing, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you've got God with you, you can overcome any challenge, yeah. you know, that, uh, that's put in front of you, and so, so yeah, so I just kept running, um, kept working, you know, was working with, uh, I spent 20 years working, uh, with kids in a juvenile, uh, system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and we had that in common at one point. Yeah, yeah. you you did work with uh, with criminal kids. Yeah, right, kids that were either on probation mm -hmm. or had been on probation. Yeah. So and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. You know, it just uh, you know it gave me a real chance to see how blessed I was. Right. You know because you grow up and sometimes you think, oh man, you know my parents were terrible or you know I had it so rough growing up. Mm -hmm. But then when you're working, working with kids. You know, that have no place to live, mm -hmm. have been kicked out of their house, have lived in 20 different foster care sure. homes. You, you realize I didn't have it so bad. Right. And it's, it, it, you know, life is always like that when you when you get a chance to get over yourself, walk in someone else's shoes. Um, for for a second, uh, see through their lens. Your lens isn't really that bad, right. you know, yeah. um, because I, I think as Americans, man, we we really think that 
especially if they're living in, say, like the inner city or whatever, uh, and those kids are like, ah, you know, life is bad or whatever, or people looking into the inner city is like, man, life is so bad for them or whatever. But when you look at the inner city of America versus, say, like, Haiti, (laughs) perspective, right? It's not that bad in the inner city of America when you look at Haiti um, or, you know, any other third world type country where things are really, really bad, but those people have immense joy for whatever reason uh, and it gets them through life. So seeing through someone's lens always really gives you a a good perspective on your own life. Yes. conversation you said that god told you that you'd be a medical mystery now if you were giving birth in a tree <laughs> that would be a medical mystery indeed for sure <laughs> yeah no doubt all the talk show circuits yeah you'd be everywhere man yeah for sure yeah she'd have to come out for that one she would definitely have to come out for that one. All right, so let's pivot a little bit, Todd, and, and let's talk about what you're doing now. Years later, you're you're not running anymore. Right. You're not doing any more marathons. Um, you're you're not working. Right. You know, you're 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 still engaging with people. You still do. Do you still talk? Do talks in the community or at churches and stuff like that? Not as much. Okay. In the last few years. Okay, cool. And so we had mentioned your wife, um, and what's her name? Laura. We had mentioned what, uh, Laura and, and her her part in this journey. Tell me a little bit about her and how she's doing and, and um, how she helps you. No. Nope. 
Right. You know, there's no book to say, this is step one, this is step two. Mm -hmm. So, as a caregiver, you're continuously learning, you know, and so every day for her is a new journey. Mm -hmm. Because every day, I, my mental state, every day changes in some, in some way. Okay. Write? Right. Can't, can't write. write. Okay. You know, so she has to write everything out for me. Okay. Uh, honestly, with my voice, it's difficult if I need to call a doctor's office or the insurance company or something. So she has to be my voice mm-hmm. a lot of times. So she's taking on a lot of roles. She's my chauffeur mm-hmm. because I can't drive anymore. Right. You know, she's my, she's my health advocate, you know, because people don't realize that that's something that we try to share with people when uh, God brings people into our lives that are just beginning to go through a medical journey is you've got to have a health advocate Mm -hmm. because the medical system in America (laughs) I mean it's great in some ways yeah but man it's if you don't know what you're doing you have to know how to navigate it for sure cool man so obviously you've gone through a lot in life uh and are still continuing to go through a lot now you also have this thing where you call yourself the blessed overcomer where does that come from how do you feel blessed like in all of the stuff that we've talked about with parkinson's the non-diagnosis god telling you hey listen you're going to be a medical mystery all of that how do you still manage to say about yourself and your situation that you're the blessed overcomer? Well, that didn't happen overnight. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, when I, there's several reasons. One, you know, I've been, every year, been on live. The doctors, I mean, just got to look at me when I come in each year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I'm at the doctors pretty much every week. Okay. a lot. I mean, it's a big toll on right. marriage, yeah. You know, because a healthy spouse just couldn't handle, yeah. couldn't handle it. And not one day has Laura ever thought about leaving, 
Yeah. You know. True enough. Um, bless that she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't just kind of throw her hands up and say, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. You gotta do this on your own. Right. You know, you never had any marital issues, so that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that I'm still here, you know, and that God has me. You know, God has me working as an abolitionist. You know, for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Now explain that a little bit. Well, you know, that's a that's an awesome story. That's just every step of this journey. I can look back and I can see where God has been at every step. Because okay. every step, it's almost, I call them mile markers. Mile markers, okay. You know, it's just like a memory for me of, oh yeah, that's when God mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. But back in 2007, I had learned about slavery, modern day slavery. Gotcha. And uh, the more I learned, the more I wanted to get involved in helping end this crime. And I used to tell my wife, if I could do this for free, I'd quit working mm-hmm. and I'd do it for free. Well, back in 2009, uh, if I can go back just a bit, beginning of in March of 2009, I had run a marathon in January of 2009, which ended up being my last marathon. Okay. That I ever ran. Right. Uh, but in March of 09, I was, uh, I just woke up one morning, thought I had a cold, and went to the doctor, and he's like, you know, the flu's going around. You probably just picked something up. So put me on some antibiotics. But by the end of that week, that Friday night, I came home work, from work early, and Laura came home a little bit later. And I said, now this is a man that refused to go to the hospital after throwing Sure, right. Back in 2003. Yeah. And I said, I think I need to go to the emergency room. I don't think I'm going to make it through the night. Wow. I said, I really feel like my body's shutting down. I, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So she took me to the emergency room, and the doctor said, had I not got there that night, that I wouldn't have woken up the next morning. Mm. And they said, they told my wife, they pulled her aside and said, you don't think I'll make it through the weekend. Mm. You know, because his body is just shutting down. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, but here I am. Here you are. You know, all these years later. Um, so I kept trying to work, but in uh, June of 2009, the doctors finally said I was in my hospital bed actually doing some work. <laughs> and uh, the doctor came in and said, hey, Todd, what you up to? And I said, oh, give me just one minute. I'm, I'm finishing up a report for work. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm finishing up a report. And he goes, no, why are you still working? And I said, because I'm not a doctor and I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> and so he said, Todd, you can't, you can't work anymore. So as I was laying there that night, once again, you know, God always speaks to me mm. in the middle of the night. Okay. In the middle of the night, yeah. God said, remember that conversation that you've had multiple times with your wife that you would become an abolitionist mm-hmm. and do it for free. Well, here's your opportunity nice. to do it. So I do social media for several ministries okay. uh, that fight human trafficking. And what, who, name some uh, of those ministries. So Go ahead. I do that for Not For Sale Florida. Not For Sale? Not For Sale Florida. Not For Sale Florida. And for Hope For Freedom. Hope uh, For Freedom. Which is the Christ Fellowship. Okay. 
Okay. So I've actually helped uh, help write a curriculum to help investigate human trafficking wow. a few years ago. Man, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, so I'm doing that. And, uh, you know, uh, I consider myself a medical missionary. That's cool. Know, That's awesome. So, that's very good, man. So, you and your wife recently went out and you got tattoos. Right. Right? After like a lifetime of no tattoos, you just decided to get some tattoos. What'd you get? Decided after 50 it was time. <laughs> after um, 50 it was time. Yeah. So, what, what tattoos did you get? So, the first tattoo I got uh, on my right arm says overcomer. Okay. That's not. That's never true yeah. of anyone that gets a tattoo. From what I hear, I don't have any ink, but I hear once you get your first, it's exactly, on. You know. That's exactly what the tattoo artist said. When <laughs> I said, "Thanks for this." I said, "I'll probably never see you again," and he said, "I'll probably see you back." <laughs> so about five months later, I was back, and uh, my second one says, "Finish strong," mm. and cross in the middle. Gotcha. Awesome. Now, do you have a, a website? How can people reach out to you? If they listen to this podcast and they're encouraged by your story and feel the need to reach out to you in whatever way, shape, or form or fashion, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you? They can uh, find me on Facebook, okay. Twitter, and Instagram at Todd Shoemaker or at uh, The Blessed Overcomer. Okay, so at Todd Shoemaker on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or The Blessed Overcomer. Right. At the Blessed Overcomer? Or? Yeah, just the Blessed Overcomer. Just the Blessed Overcomer. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Todd, man, thank you so much for spending time with us yeah. today. You can find out more about Todd at those sites on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, also the Blessed Overcomer. Uh, and if you want to send us an email here at The Sojourn, you can do that at proverb.newsome at gmail.com. Also, now we're on Twitter at the Sojourn. So at The Sojourn, the actual name of the show, you can reach out to us. You can you can follow our journey as well. Todd, thanks again for being here with us hey, today, man. We really so appreciate you. Yeah, man. Awesome. So that's it for this time on The Sojourn. We will see you next time. That's a wrap for this episode of The Sojourn. Hopefully you learned something, were inspired, and motivated to begin a journey of your own. Please email me your comments, questions, or even suggestions for my next guest at proverb.newsome at gmail.com. Once again, that's proverb.newsome at gmail.com. This has been The Soldier. Remember, 
Life is a journey. Enjoy the trip.